Welcome to part one of the 2023 forecast featuring Andrew B. Watt and T. Susan Chang. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you that each of us, including me, Reverend Eric, is running a New Year's special with a 23% discount on services, readings, or classes. You can find the details in the show notes or visit arnamancy.com slash 2023 to learn more. Speak the charm of me. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will lose This is the Arnamancy Podcast. The world is weirder than we know. Join your host, Reverend Eric, in his diverse array of amazing guests in an exploration of tarot, magic, the occult, and the history of Western esotericism. The Arnamancy Podcast exists thanks to the support of generous listeners like you. Please consider supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. Uh, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Arnamancy podcast. This is my, I guess, uh, our annual special, our annual uh, forecast episode. I am here once more with my good friends, Andrew B. Watt and T. Susan Chang. Um, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves here, actually, right now. Andrew, you want to introduce yourself real fast, quick? Sure. I'm Andrew B. Watt. I'm an astrologer, artist, and consultant living in western Massachusetts on the west side of the Connecticut River. And you can find me at my blog at andrewbwatt.com. And Susie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am T. Susan Chang, um, the proprietor of the website of that name, tsusanchang.com. I also am in the western part of Massachusetts, however, on the eastern side of the river. Uh, and I am primarily a tarot reader, author, presenter, uh, etc., teacher. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I mean, I guess I should probably tell the audience that I am also on the western side of the Connecticut River. I'm just way, way on the western side. Uh, all right. So um, uh, if you've listened to past episodes, uh, I think uh, Susie's been on our four. This is Susie's third time and Andrew's fourth time doing this. So we're going to um, do both uh, the astrology and tarot for every month of the the year and there is uh there is sort of a method to Andrew's astrological madness and um Andrew can you explain exactly how the uh year and monthly charts are being um calculated sure i am using uh the the location for me which is more or less the city of northampton in western massachusetts about an hour north of Springfield and a little bit west. So we're essentially using the meridian of the Connecticut River for today's forecast for both tarot and for uh, for astrology. And what I have done is I have calculated the charts ahead of time, and there'll be a, a very brief year-ahead guide that'll accompany this episode, which Patreons will be able to download from my website or from the Reverend Eric's website 
And the idea here is that this is not a full-on almanac. This is just a, a chart and some very brief notes about each chart. But what I've done is I've taken the moment of midnight for my location, and with that we get the sun at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Capricorn in the fourth house at midnight. And what we've done is projected that chart forward. So that's the chart for January 1st. And we will look at the chart for February. And the, the sun will, will position the sun at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Aquarius. And then for March, it'll be at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Pisces, 10 minutes and 29 degrees of Aries in April, and so on through the year. So mm. there's usually a fair bit of variation by degree and minute for when the sun is at this particular location at midnight. And, uh, and sometimes it'll be in the first decan of the sign, and sometimes it'll be in the second. But January 1st, it's always going to be sort of in uh, somewhere between nine degrees and 11 degrees of, of Capricorn on January 1st. And that'll give us a signal of what we're going to be looking at each month. Okay, cool. Um, and this is, uh, I'm I feel like you've used different methods sometimes in the past. I think once you did like the lunar return of each month, maybe that yeah, was the first is, time. This but... is basically a variation on the lunar return chart for each month. Okay. Normally we calculate lunar returns based on somebody's natal chart mm -hmm. but we don't really have a natal chart we just have the beginning of the vulgar calendar year at midnight on <laughs> january 1st so that's what we're working with it could be the uh the natal chart of uh of baby time yeah it's, <laughs> it's the natal natal chart of the little kid wearing the white sash that says 2023 Right, who eventually eats the old man, or wait, does the old man eat the baby from last year? I'm confused about that whole... Well, the question is, if you have a chart for the vulgar calendar year, do you have one for the refined and sophisticated calendar year as well? <laughs> <laughs> we do, and it started on solstice on <laughs> December 21st. So we're already in that year, so... This is the this is the week of refinement before the before the vulgarity begins again. Indeed. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. And then Susie, um, your methodology I think is going to be a little simpler. You're just going to draw yes. cards. Yes. Nobody okay. knows what. There's wow. no preparation, which is my favorite. Nobody knows what's <laughs> going to happen, and it will all be um, drawn and observed and interpreted in the same moment. It's kind of, you know, one of the things I really like about this, uh, in addition to tarot and astrology kind of being like the two most popular forms of divination, um, there's a really interesting uh, contrast here because Andrew has to calculate everything ahead of time. Andrew basically has the most homework. And then, so much homework. <laughs> and then Susie gets to just be like, oh, here's some cards. I'm going to switch decks right now. I'm, this is different now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just sort of swan in. And you don't have any homework at all, but you have lots of editing and post. <laughs> yes, I have the post work. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Su Susie's job is the easiest. Just it really remember is. that. <laughs> I'm very aware. 
Uh, all right. Well, let's get started. Um, so my main goal, uh, Andrew and Susie are both uh, incredible talkers and they will keep going. They will spend the entire episode talking just about the year chart that we're about to discuss. So I'm here to rein them in. Um, I don't have a buzzer or anything like that, but I will, um, I don't know, clap my hands or clear my throat really loudly to sim- si- signal that it's time for the next the next segment. <laughs> you had a bell last year. Yeah, Where's you did bell? have a bell. Well, I'm not at home. So, uh, you know, oh, it, we, it, it took us a long time to organize this year. Things just kept getting in the way. We had technical problems and planning issues and all this kind of stuff. And I'm currently now in the basement of my parents' log house um, on the, hold on, let's see, west side of the Deschutes River. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I have no idea where that is. There you is. go. It's in Oregon. <laughs> should have like a sound effect of an axe splitting firewood. For Ooh, I <laughs> should, I bill. should. Hold on. There is a soundboard here. Let's see what we got. We have a drum roll because we're about to do the chart for the year. And Andrew, yeah. go. <laughs> Excellent. So as I said, we're looking at the chart for January 1st at midnight in the Northampton area. And in this chart, a couple of things are always going to be true at midnight all the time. And the first is that the ascendant is going to be in Libra. And that means that at midnight in this part of the world, you're going to have a a chart that is ruled by Venus, mm-hmm. but the the sun is going to be in Capricorn pretty close to or at the midnight position conjunct the Imam Kali. Now, in the style of astrology that I practice, the Imam Kali or the well of the sky represents the hopes and dreams for the year. And I think it's always a little weird that we start off with, uh, with the sun in Capricorn at the beginning of the year because it means the year is going to be intensely practical and sort of managed <laughs> by Saturn, which is not ideal. Well, uh, Saturn thinks it is. <laughs> Saturn thinks it's ideal. But, but Venus is, is functioning as the queen of the year in, in every chart that we look at, which has midnight on January 1st. So there's this idea of balancing out and connecting with others and uh, approaching the world with a recognition that there's a mixture of good and bad and a mixture of duties and responsibilities that we have to others, as well as stuff that we get to take for ourselves. That's the Libra side of the chart. Currently, Venus is in fact going to be in Capricorn. So she's square to her own territory. She is not particularly dignified in this chart. Later on in the year, she's going to have some very good stuff coming coming our way. But the year is sort of starting off with a rough place with Venus saying, uh, I want to help everybody connect. And there are practical realities that may not make that possible or at least inadvisable. Um, on the other hand, she is in a trine relationship by house to Taurus, and that puts her trine to the moon, it puts her trine to Uranus, and it puts her trine to the north node. So it's starting off with a little bit of a bang, because 
Taurus is acting as the eighth house in this chart, whole sign houses. And so we're being asked to recognize our autonomy and our agency, but also our duties and our responsibilities. And those are things where Venus has a great deal to offer us in terms of help and gives us the capacity to act, is recognize that you have agency and recognize that you have the power to act, but also recognize that you have responsibilities and that your responsibilities are primarily and principally to household and family right at the beginning of the year. And if you keep in mind those two ideas for the whole year, I think you'll be in a great place. Okay, great. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, well then, I guess, uh, Susie, do you want to give us the card of the year? Sure. So I have drawn a card while Andrew was talking. I was just kind of vibing to Andrew's beat here. And, Mm -hmm. uh, And this is the card that I've drawn. Queen of Swords. Reverse. Oh no, upside down. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Did we use reversals in the past? I can't remember if we did or not. Uh, I don't remember either. But since you're the the tarot boss, you get to okay. pick. Are we using reversals? Um, I'm going to. I'm just going to turn it upright, actually, okay. because you know, honestly, um, reversals in the way that they're traditionally read tend to have to do with things being quite difficult or negative. And the way I read them, they're, uh, they're unstraightforward and stressed out, which is basically the news all the time anyway. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really matter, but, um, but in fact, one of the things I have learned having done this for a few years now is that the, um, No matter what card you get, there is going to be disasters. There's going to be issues. There's going to be like uh, world uh, disharmony and stresses. So the what what you can do with the card is kind of get a sense of exactly what kind of misery we're in for. (laughs) (laughs) But um, and occasionally a spot of good news. I literally went through all my draws in the past and tried to match them up with like goodnews.com to figure out exactly how this works. Interestingly enough, we have gotten the Queen of Swords before. We got the Queen of Swords in September of uh last for uh September 2022 in the forecast. So this past September. And um and what happened in September 2022? Queen Elizabeth died. So Oh. Which seems like a pretty on-target hit. And also, there were these um, immense protests in Iran over the killing of Masa Amini, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. at the hands of the morality police. So, I I expect, with the Queen of Swords, for women to be in the news, right? Prominent, Mm -hmm. well-known women to show up in the news, uh, possibly in... You know, as we saw with um, with Queen Elizabeth, there may be a theme of death, as there often is with the Queen of Swords, or there may be a theme of justice, like we saw with the protests in Iran. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this the Queen of Swords reminds me a great deal of um, the uh, the if you remember the Senate confirmation hearings where Christine Blasey Ford was, you know. Um, being interviewed that that happened during libra season and the queen of swords always makes me think of that so i would expect 
you know, um, prominent women and women's uh, issues for women in a uh, women's freedoms and rights to be in the news. Okay, cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good theme for the year. We we have uh, mm-hmm. the the Venus stuff and the the Queen of Swords. Uh, yeah. Okay, then let's let's uh, move on to January. Sure, we're using the same chart for January, but what I do in order to distinguish the Queen of the Year, the ruler of the Ascendant, from what's going on with. Uh, with the the planet that rules the sun, mm-hmm. is I tend to look at the midheaven. Who's who's ruling the midheaven as sort of the primary power of the month? And in this particular case, we've got the midheaven at 10 degrees, 45 minutes of Cancer. So it's in the middle decan of Cancer, which is called the Walled Garden. It's associated with Hercules. Mm-hmm. And... And the sign itself, of course, is ruled by the moon, which is in Taurus. So I expect that some of the goodwill and some of the positive stuff that usually happens at the beginning of Capricorn, that period of 10 days between the solstice and New Year's, when we have something like 14 different kinds of midwinter festivals, (laughs) I expect some of that energy to continue. And for the materiality and luxury of that first season of the year to kind of carry over a little bit. Venus, not Venus, excuse me, the moon in Taurus loves to dream up lovely scenarios like baths with lots of candles and lovely bath oils or herbs soaking in the water and using up lots of hot water. And And the walled garden is the idea of Let's keep a boundary around ourselves. Let's stay in this enclosed space a little bit longer and enjoy a little bit more of this luxury. So I think that January is likely to be a little bit more time in this holiday enclosure, uh, but with a surprise, because, of course, nearly the first thing that that the moon is going to do is have its monthly conjunction with Uranus, who always brings surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if this was about women, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was about autonomy, and particularly women's rights around sexuality. So I would expect Hmm. some news like that to break. That's. uh, It sounds like we're already building a theme for the year here. I think that's right. It does seem like that. Yeah. Well, let us see if Tarot agrees. Uh, Okay. All right. Let us see. We've got <laughs> the two of wands. Now, um, to me, that's kind of tarot just stating the obvious. Um, two of wands is what I use for the beginnings and endings of things generally. Um, and mm-hmm. especially for calendar stuff. Like I literally got the two of wands today because I was like doing the, the family newsletter and as well recording this forecast. So looking backwards, looking forwards, uh, I can tell you that the two of wands was the card that we drew for uh, July of this past year. We got all these fiery Ooh. cards in which, yeah, and there were heat waves. So, you know, um, so that's interesting. We might have an unseasonably warm uh, um, January. It's possible. Uh, also, hmm. the um, that was 
the month when the Japanese prime minister, Shinzo Abe, was assassinated. And we have the first operational image from the James Webb telescope, which you can also kind of see in the, you know, in the image of the card, there's a sense of looking out towards the farthest distance that you can from the point where you are at the two of right. wands, you know, holding the whole world in your hands. So, um, so the, the esoterics of the card are Marshall, Mars, Mars, Mars. They, this is the first decan of Aries and it is ruled both the sign and the decan by Mars. So, hmm. you know, you, you, you can kind of expect things to, there's, there's going to be some things broken. <laughs> Um, and, you know, and I think that you could definitely see, read this card as being a tension between, um, superpowers, you know, there's a heat mm. to it. Agreed. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's building yeah. right now Agreed. anyhow. So that, okay. It's well, certainly, that sounds, yeah. that sounds it's, stressful. I, I think it's worth mentioning here that, uh, that the, Two of Wands represents that first decan of Aries, and that's where Jupiter happens to be at the start of this month. Correct. Oh. And, Correct. And in our chart for January 1st, Jupiter is just below the descendant. The descendant is at nine degrees, and Jupiter is at one degree. So hmm. we've the Jupiter has just set at, you know, not quite midnight, but you know, maybe 1130, 11:45. And and so this card is also saying, pay special attention to partners in your life, spouses, significant others, uh, mm -hmm. and, and do what you can to treat them gener generously and kindly and pick up some of that jovial energy. It also speaks to that idea of letting the celebrations of, of December carry on into January a little bit. Eat, drink, and be merry mm -hmm. for tomorrow you may diet. <laughs> very nice very nice just to throw out here there's one more thing that happened with the two of wands last year was that you know this is the post road the post post the road decision it was the month the two of wands month was the month in which there was a record number of vasectomies ever, <laughs> which seems somehow appropriate for this card. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Okay. On to February. We're ahead of schedule if we do February, if we start right now. Fantastic. All right, so the chart for February actually occurs on January 30th. That's the moment that the sun reaches 10 degrees, 29 minutes at 10.53 a.m. Uh, on the meridian of, of the Connecticut River. And we've got the sun and Saturn both in the same sign. So we treat Saturn in this particular case as being kind of like the prime minister of the month. Mm -hmm. Because the midheaven is is up in Capricorn, but Saturn in Aquarius is in this is in this role as sort of the leading power. So the sun tells us what we should be focusing on, and it says, "Pay attention to outsider voices this month." Whereas mm. Saturn is saying, 
loosen and disconnect things that are tying you down. Break some of the chains that bind you and and separate out a little bit from standards and norms, particularly in regard to workplaces. I think that one of the ways that we can read this is Saturn in Aquarius has been strongly associated with the pandemic since the very beginning. It, Saturn has, is associated with restriction or tightness, and Aquarius is stale mm-hmm. air. It's fixed air. And, and Saturn is kind of saying the pandemic is loosening its grip here, but this is maybe not the month to be in the office a whole lot, if mm-hmm. you can help it. Uh, if you do have to be in the office, have one of those, uh, not humidifiers, but air purifiers nearby and, uh, and don't spend a whole lot of time in other people's company. I think the flu season is likely to be pretty bad this year. Mm, really I think it already is. Yeah. It already is. Yeah. It's true. true. On the other hand, Venus, our, our connective power for the year that, that sort of ruled the ascendant at the beginning of the year is in Pisces, where she's exalted. And she's in the 11th house in this chart, the sign of friends. So it looks like this is a good month to be spending time with friends and associates, but not a great time to be in a, a close workplace environment with a lot of colleagues. And, uh, and the first decan is called the labyrinth, where Venus is. So I think that one of the ways to interpret this is take the long and winding route. See a lot of friends, but decide what your comfort level is and what the appropriate distance is from colleagues. And don't go all the way to the center. But, you know, there's no need to bow out of all social engagements. Decide on what level of risk is appropriate. All right. Cool. That sounds like a pleasant February. It really does. Everybody loves Venus in Pisces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, for a card for February, death! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bringing death. on the good news. That's my job. Stay so, out of the office, kid. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know... With 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 death, I think that we generally expect the unexpected. You know, I mean, it is a it is a martial like card. The Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, this would be appropriate for any kind of regime change. You know that happens, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a, a, you know something that often happens in the news, where we see mm-hmm. you know one ruler um, stepping aside in an either an orderly or a non-orderly fashion. You can, and I think that the uh, the iconography that telegraphs that has to do with the sun, which in the death card is you know setting or rising from your point of view in the background between the towers of the moon. So, yeah, I think it depends you know, uh, which side of the see... Connecticut River you're on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, it, death is associated with the sign of Scorpio. So, you know, we fixed water and we mm-hmm. expect these to be irreversible changes, whatever, that, whatever they are. We expect them to be large, irreversible, and very noticeable. Uh, yeah. The other possibility that might have might be interesting is like um 
the possibility of issuing a new booster because I found that the that vaccination has a correlation to like the uh, the sting of Scorpio. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a good news variation that might come out of this. So it's, um, it's worth mentioning that the axis of the nodes where the eclipses occur is currently in Scorpio, the south node. Yes. So it's the idea of something on its way out. The hmm. moon is also in Gemini, so it's it's not conjunct in the chart, but it's about as close as we'll see the moon to Mars uh, right. during at least the first part of the year. Okay. Right. We've got our last uh, Taurus Scorpio eclipses coming up, haven't we? It's almost, that cycle's almost done. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that I, I'll have some notes about that when we, when we mm-hmm. get to the eclipse cycle, but it's, but it's April, May. So we're a few months out from that here on hmm. January 30th. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I hesitate to project that you know Andrew's forecast of a of of a heavy flu season is somehow related to the, to this death card. I kind of hope not. But you know, one thing we've learned from the last few years is that you can never really count COVID out. So um, that's true. Let's just hope it's manageable. I think the other thing we can all hope is that Susie stops drawing Mars cards. <laughs> can you just put all exactly. those at the bottom of the deck? <laughs> it is worth it is worth mentioning that in the January chart, Mars is retrograde in Gemini, and by February or by January thirtieth, Mars is now direct. It's at ten degrees. Uh, 10 degrees exactly of Gemini. So it's just mm. over the line into that second decan, which mm-hmm. is the hermaphrodite. And mm. I would expect that with Mars and the hermaphrodite, there will be some, some challenging news around um, trans identity, or it may represent the idea of attacks on, on trans mm. identity, or it may represent trans people fighting back against mischaracterizations of their identity. Mm-hmm. It is also, uh, Mars is also the ruler of that Deccan as well, the yes, second Deccan. Mm-hmm. So, so we can expect more it to be in a position to, of power. Mm-hmm. Right. It's much more likely to come across as uh, trans people fighting for themselves or fighting back against perceived mischaracterization. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's something to pay attention to and watch out for. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into March, I just want to, I just want to tell you guys in case I haven't lately, I love doing these forecasts with you because the two of you are so, uh, you guys have so much knowledge and it's so nerdy and delightful. And so just thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we so we, enjoy it. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. And we love being your January nerd. <laughs> January, February, any month, any time. <laughs> well, let's try a little bit of March this time. For March, we're actually looking at the chart of March 1st. The sun is again at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of Pisces this time. Unfortunately, the Venus has already moved on to Aries. So we've got Venus in Aries as queen of the year. That makes her in opposition to Libra, her own sign, and in conjunct to Taurus. So the queen of the year is not likely to be able to help us with our professional life, 
or make sure that we have a whole lot of happiness in March. We're going to be, it's going to be a lot of work, 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 work. Mm. The ruler, the ruler of, um, of Pisces is of course, Jupiter and Jupiter is in Aries. So the nice thing about this chart is that both Venus and Jupiter on March 1st are both at 11 degrees of Aries. So this is the annual conjunction of Venus and Jupiter, the two two benefic planets, and the, the conjunction is taking place in the sun's decan and in Venus's, no, I think it's actually Mercury's, uh, no, it's in Venus's term Mm. in Aries. Mm. So Venus has got some, some chops. She's, she's not a triplicity ruler, but Jupiter is in a fire sign. And Venus has got some favorability. So March looks like a very positive month for household and family matters. This looks like a very positive experience with chosen family, with housemates, with significant others, with anybody who lives under your own roof, and you may get some good news about household and family. Mm-hmm. You may recall that I said in our chart of the year that this is a good year for thinking about the practical needs of your family. And March is a great month to be thinking about garden, to think about what you want your household to be able to do by the end of the year. Mm. So we're getting a, a good launch point for the beginning of the year here. Okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds like a pretty good month. What do you yeah, what do you got, Susie? Really pleasant. You're so uh, you're always so rosy, Andrew, which makes it extra fun for me to come and you know pop everybody's bubble. (laughs) Now you know that's not true. Uh, So I think uh, because I remember the year the so the year after the pandemic hit, like we we did a forecast episode, and Andrew was very positive about the year. He was like, "Well, these months look kind of bad, but I don't know." He he was in a good mood, and the next year, everything had he he predicted everything very negatively. I think to oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, I think <laughs> I think um, one of the interesting things about that year was it uh, it 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 gave all of us uh, diviners sort of a wake up call, like oh crap, when we see negative stuff, we have to call it out. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. true. Yeah, because it's tough you know to remember that, that. That's what the rest of the world will see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, for for March. The card that I drew is the Ace of Pentacles. Finally, we get an Earth card. We haven't gotten, like, I don't think we've gotten any Pentacles in two years, actually. Really? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's funny that Andrew mentioned about gardening, <laughs> mm-hmm. since, you know, the, the Ace of Pentacles is very much a seed card, you know, a card of... Um, of of planting things that you hope to grow, whether that is a physical seed, like one you might put in your garden, or seed money, you know, or uh, investments and things like that. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, the market was in the news for some reason, if we had some kind of financial, um, you know, uh, 
perhaps perhaps the recovery of cryptocurrency or you know or something or maybe that, the that, uh, that the bear the market markets. will turn around or something yeah maybe yeah. it will maybe it will i mean we can only hope but um but the ace of pentacles generally you know signals um the topic would be the source of all the material goods. So I would look to banking. I would look to finance. I would look to um, perhaps the restoration of the commodities markets because grain will once again be hopefully planted in the war-torn countries. Uh, maybe something like that might happen, or maybe that will simply be the subject that everyone is stressing out over. Who can say? Yeah, It, it is worth mentioning that if we're going to talk about money, that Aquarius is the second house in this chart for March. Mm. And Saturn is still in Aquarius. It's in the 29th degree, so it's on its way out, or at least mm -hmm. touching on, on Pisces. But Mercury is right there as sort of the, the master of finance. Right. So the, the idea of of market strictures suddenly loosening or boundaries or norms in the in the marketplace suddenly being violated or harsh communication about the market based on natural principles like mm -hmm. this would be the sort of thing where we would see um the fed adjusting the rates um yes. probably loosening mm. them rather than tightening them <laughs> uh, that'll be the day <laughs> well in, in this in this particular case we've got saturn in the third decan of aquarius which is called the knot and it's associated with the knot of gordium the mm. chariot of mm. mars uh tied to the pillar in in the town of gordium and alexander the great cutting through the cords rather than bo bothering with the untying of the knot Mm. So, <laughs> right, right. One of the things that that we have seen is that is that governments around the world are willing to perform a little bit of financial chicanery in order to support Ukraine, and if mm -hmm. they need to make rapid adjustments to the market for the sake of helping Ukraine, they might do that. That might that be one happen. of the things that's being that's indicated. That's a good point. Here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, the other thing to look to also is to remember that the Ace of Pentacles is the center of the element of Earth, right? It's the heart and the center, and uh, and we have this whole uh, Uranus and Taurus thing going on, right? So I, I, I can totally imagine that the Ace of Pentacles could represent a shakeup in the literal body of the earth. There could be, you know, we could be talking earthquake. We could be talking something going on with a mountain, you know. It's just Yikes. something to throw out there. Hopefully not, but it, I much I would greatly rather, you know, that we had everybody doing beautiful gardens and a bull market, but you can't be <laughs> too careful. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, well, okay. Before we move on, I also do, do want to mention that uh, my Jupiter return is in March. Hey, nice. So, Some, yeah, 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 that'll be great. I loved my Jupiter return. It's been a while, but it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which one is this for you? Eric. Oh, just my this second, be, of course. I'm be, young and yeah, fresh. Yeah, you'd be 48. Still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my fourth. Okay, it's my fourth. <laughs> yeah, it would have right. to be. So, yeah, yeah. 
The first is the infant, the second is the schoolboy, the third is the lover, and this one is the soldier. And I have mm-hmm. to say that uh, that my fourth was not ideal. Uh, <laughs> because I think that a lot of what happens in, in this particular age bracket that you're entering is the, the challenge of figuring out what it is that you want to fight for and figure out mm-hmm what ambitions you have that you want to achieve before the end of your working career. Oh man, there are so many yeah. bad words yeah, in that no, sentence my... that I just never enjoy thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. You, you'll be great. Don't worry about it. 2018 was the first tarot book I ever published. That was uh, my, oh, you my know, Jupiter you know, return. It was great. Maybe yeah. I, I've been working on a book. Maybe I will finish it. Uh, Probably there not by March, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll get a sudden burst of energy in January and I'll actually write a thousand words it a day. It could happen. It, it could. I like that idea. <laughs> I want to read your book. It, I oh, do too. Me too. I would rather read it than write it. <laughs> <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to April. We're actually looking at a date of March 31st at 7.18 a.m. Mm-hmm. With the sun in Aries at 10 degrees, 29 minutes. Venus, our queen of the year in this chart, is actually in Taurus at 17 degrees. She's just had her conjunction with uh, Uranus a couple of days before. So I think that we can count on having a little bit of a nice surprise in late March. Mm -hmm. Uh, Relatively positive. Aries, of course, is the ruler of the Ascendant. And Aries is finally out of Gemini and into Cancer in the fourth house. So Mm. challenges or difficulties in the home is, is a possibility that first decan is ruled by Venus. So it could be a very favorable time with spouse, but, uh, but possible arguments with family, with, uh, with parents or with kids up or down the, the generations rather than somebody from the same generation. Uh, and Mars it, is in fall, isn't he? Uh, in, yes, in, yeah, Mars well. is in fall. Yeah. So chances are it's not likely to be a huge argument or not have a whole lot of long-term fallout, but it may take the form of uh, a whole lot of pent-up anger that you've been avoiding all the time that Mars has been in Gemini, <laughs> finally saying, finally having a chance to be let out in the form of, you never let me yell at you for this that or the other thing <laughs> the um the first decan of of uh of cancer is called the mother and child so it's normally a very nurturing place and this may be the father stepping into the mother and child relationship and having strong opinions about how that should or shouldn't be expressed in some fashion Hmm. That sounds like echoes of some of the stuff we were talking about in January then, huh? Mm. Like maybe uh maybe a a uh, retaliation against something that had happened in earlier in the year. Hmm. Yeah. We've 
we've also got a separating trine at this point between Saturn and Mars, which I mm -hmm. think is worth paying attention to. Trines are generally favorable, but when you're talking about a trine between the two malefic planets, that's not ideal. And that takes yeah. place in very late March, a little bit between the equinox and the, and the end of the month. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but that looks to be awkward. But it's between um, Saturn at two Pisces in its own Deccan uh, and Mars at two degrees Cancer. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that, uh, mm -hmm. that could be something to watch out for. Right. Right. Okay, so for April, the card that I drew is <laughs> the Nine of Swords. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, in that that sort of theme of um, martial energy, the the Nine of Swords is a martial decan. It is the one that we were talking about earlier with the, hermaphro the hermaphrodite, Mars and Gemini. Mm -hmm. um, and it is definitely a sense of, uh, of anxiety, a sense of um, concern about what will become of me. Um, now, because it's air, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that can show up. It tends to be... Um, in particular, the, the swords have a, have a relationship with mental health. So, you know, I think that that's a, uh, that's a card that can indicate the subject of mental health coming up, whether that has to do with, you know, so many different things. I mean, like one year we had the launching of the mental health lifeline, the 988. We have had uh, mental health discussions in regards to gun control, you know, the heightened levels of anxiety due to the pandemic. There's a lot of different ways that mental health can show up in the news, but, um, but one, one way or another, I would expect it could, there could even be legislation that's um, supportive mm. perhaps. Um, there's a lot, been a lot of advances in, um, in just sort of awareness of mental health for the general population. I think that very recently some legislation was passed where uh, it's been recommended that uh, general, that the entire population basically be screened for mental health disorders or for, you know, for anxiety and depression uh, after what we've all been through, whereas normally it's sort of a very particular population that doctor's screen for anyway um more more sweetness and light for me <laughs> but uh, the other thing but you know the other thing about this which i i will just throw out there because people don't often see what's great about the nine of swords obviously it's there's uh not much to enjoy just looking at the picture of the person holding their heads in their hands but i associate this card also with writers writers and writing because as you were saying you know none of mm -hmm. us enjoy the writing part of writing right? <laughs> right and uh but that said we do force ourselves to do it we do produce books we do produce works of art in a verbal form and that could perhaps be something that is prominent in some way um writing this could and be the awards. the month of the slog huh the month of having to <laughs> put your head down and actually do the writing could or be, it's, could or be, writers could might be... be in the news, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. This card representing the hermaphrodite, the middle decan of Gemini, is 
also in the third house, which is about short form writing. Mm-hmm. Things like Substack, Medium, Twitter, mm. blogs, uh, articles, short essays, as opposed to books, which is a ninth house matter. Mm, so, interesting. So it may be that we're going to see a resurgence of of blogging or short form literary activity online this month based on the appearance of this card. It's saying it's Could a thing be. to watch out for. Could be. I mean, you know, the other thing this that this card is currently reminding me of is the sort of um, general agonizing over the rise of AI and chat GPT, etc. That mm. sort of, you know, swords are, uh, are writing, they are air, they are um, questions of, um, of dread. So, you know, we, uh, there's been so much conversation in the news lately about how uh, how AI is going to um, be responsible for the fall of civilization. So perhaps that conversation <laughs> is in the news as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the Nine of Swords. Uh, Susie, are all the, the good cards at the bottom of your deck, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I brought, my, I, I brought my Bad Vibes deck out for you. The yeah. Bad Vibes deck. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) all right all right let us uh, very nice uh we did get that very nice ace of pentacles we did we did yes so 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 far one out of five yeah we're doing (laughs) (laughs) um okay so now let's move on to uh the flowery month of may so for the chart for that comes up with the sun at 10 degrees of Taurus and 29 minutes is April 30th at 10.32 p.m. That puts the sun in the sixth house, along with Jupiter, along with Uranus, uh, along with, not Jupiter, excuse me, along with Mercury, along with Uranus. And it sets us up for the, the solar eclipse that we will be having on May 8th. Now, I didn't really talk about the eclipses, but April and May are going to be our two eclipse months. The solar eclipse in Aries on April 20th, and the lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 5th. The the solar eclipse in April is mostly over sort of Southeast Asia, South Pacific. It's Australia, Indonesia, New Guinea, Cambodia, Vietnam, Taiwan. The lunar eclipse is mostly over Africa, Asia, and Europe, and it's not visible in the Americas. Um, so, Andrew, did you say uh, something about a solar eclipse on May eighth? May fifth. May fifth. Okay, is that and that's a solar or lunar? The the lunar eclipse is on May fifth, and the okay. solar eclipse is on April twentieth. Got it. Okay. So, with the solar eclipse. On April 20th at 12.16 a.m., that's not going to be visible for the most part here in the Americas. And I expect it to sort of have small effects here, but the, uh, the lunar eclipse in Scorpio, even though it's not visible in the Americas, has, has a sort of a different set of risks. Which month are we in again, May? 
May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of this chart, it's hap- the 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 nodes in the the April thirtieth chart are between the sixth and the twelfth house. So I think that one of the things that we're being warned about here is a, a dearth of he- healthcare resources in a mm. in a judicial chart in a in a um, in a mundane or judicial sense, the South Node in the 12th house sort of indicates less of the things that are indicated by the 12th house. And mm. normally the 12th house is things like loneliness or obstacles or secret enemies or that sort of thing. But when we're looking at a chart to get a sense about big things, the 12th house also stands for number one, the prison system, and number two, the hospital and caretaking system. Hmm. And so there's kind of a suggestion here of a dearth of medical resources. And given what Susie said earlier about Scorpio sort of representing the jab of vaccines, this has some of that takeaway to it, which I think is worth thinking about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So you might want to try to get some of your healthcare stuff done before May. Yeah, I think okay. that's true. All right. The the other thing that's worth looking at at this chart is that this is one of the months of the year that's ruled by Venus as the queen of the vulgar year, as the ruler of the ascendant in the January chart. Now she is in Gemini. She is in uh she's at 22 Gemini in the third decan which is called the executioner's sword. Mm-hmm. And ruling over the sun so there's a bit of a disconnect between the sun because they're and Venus because they're in signs next door to one another. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, she and Mercury are in mutual reception with one another. Right. And mutual reception is when each planet is in the sign that's ruled by the other planet. So it's almost like Venus is acting in her own house and Mercury is functioning as the expert in their own house. So there's there's kind of a sense of of Venus as the the executor or the carrier out of questions of power and there's also the suggestion of women making important decisions about day-to-day life. Mm. Mm. One of the things that I think is is possibly indicated here, 6th house is also the working class. It Miners, it's the rank and file in the army and the military forces, it's railroad workers and that sort of thing. Uh, I think April is a possible month for some kind of strike. I won't necessarily say a general strike, but this looks a whole lot like women doing something to bring about important negotiations around autonomy. They all of these planets. Sun, Mercury, Uranus are clustered in the middle decan, which is called the Lingon Yoni, and it is about autonomy. It's about acting right now mm. for the sake of what you need and want right now. And it has that kind of immediacy that you would see in the event of the strike. Wow. Right. There's okay. definitely a sort of a moment of opportunity that's represented in that decan. Mm-hmm. Right. And taking place in April. Or May. May. Yeah. Uh, April 30th is the date of the chart, so right. taking place in May. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. All, All right, right, Susie, so what, what terrifying card do you have for us now? <laughs> I've got King of Wands. King of Wands. Yes, I love be... that card. Okay. <laughs> do you? Do you? That's yeah. good. I'm glad you love that card. So King of Wands, um, interesting, because he is, you know, the most uh, impetuous entrepreneurial king. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see some news about, for example, Elon Musk, you know, coming up during, during May, because he's Ugh. that kind of figure, you know, somebody I mean, who's got we a not lot of ideas. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, imagine that, imagine like, you know, um, big news in terms of like shifts in CEOs, leaders, um, leaders uh, stepping aside. Well, um, I think it's, not so much likely to be, you know, a, a, a traumatic downfall of a leader like I was projecting with the death card. But mm -hmm. just the fact that one is suddenly very visible, one is very in the news uh, and making a lot of noise. So that could be a politician. It could be an entrepreneur. It's somebody who is visible and noisy for a living, though. And, okay. And as Visible as I've said before, and noisy you know, court, for a living. Yeah, court <laughs> court cards, you know, tend to be people. So mm -hmm. rather than this being, you know, uh, about a situation that erupts, um, or a you know, or an abstract concept like you know, war, drought, or what all our favorites. I think this is more likely to be about a person in the same way that last year the Queen of Swords was about Queen Elizabeth. You know, mm -hmm. if okay. there's probably somebody who's just going to hijack Makes the news sense. cycle. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, that might be a really interesting conflict given the um, the uh, women making important decisions that Andrew uh, had in his right. Right. for that month that could be uh an exciting month in the in the finger quotes way <laughs> <laughs> oh joy yes astrologer good <laughs> astrologer good okay now uh all right it's validating yeah. uh okay let's move on to our uh our last month of the first half of the year um june 2023 so the chart for June is June 1st at 1.07 a.m. That makes it a night chart with the sun at the midnight position, very nearly, uh, at 13, at, sorry, at 10 degrees, 29 minutes of, of Gemini this time. Mm -hmm. There's a, a couple of different things going on. The ruler of Gemini is, of course, Mercury, and Mercury is in Taurus, uh, coming up on a conjunction with Uranus, the planet of, of electrifying right. surprises. Mm -hmm. We've also got Jupiter in Taurus. Uh, because of last year's retrograde in Aries uh, and, and Pisces for Jupiter, Jupiter it is making a really, really fast process through Aries this year. So instead of getting a full year in 2023 of Jupiter in Aries, we get sort of six months of Jupiter in Aries this year and six months last year, but not a whole year in the, the vulgar calendar year and Jupiter's year are not overlapping at the moment, which is mm -hmm. not ideal. 
uh, usually we like to get one or the other. So in any case, it, it means that Venus is the queen of the year, as she is all year, and she's very far along in the fifth house in Cancer, where she has some dignity as, as a triplicity ruler, but she's not the triplicity ruler of the night in water signs. She's the triplicity ruler of the day. So she's kind of off duty this month, and that's not ideal because it means mm. that Mercury in Taurus is trying to do everything and continually looking back at Venus and saying, well, she gave me the authority to do this. <laughs> back me up here. And Venus is like, I am on vacation. <laughs> Mercury is in charge. I'm on vacation. Oh no. <laughs> and, and I'm not answering my phone. So this is not this is not a great combination, especially when Mercury is coming up on this uh encounter with Uranus the surpriser. Hmm. Mm. So this mm. might be a tricky month. This might be a tricky month. Um Jupiter also rules the the midheaven, which is in Sagittarius, but he's in conjunct. Mm. So he's out of alignment. Okay. Uh, and so there's a whole lot of letters and communication and a whole lot of issues with family and with intimate friends and with your neighborhood and a whole lot of stuff going on. And it, all that stuff takes time away from professional responsibilities and from self-care, but mm -hmm. doesn't give you a whole lot of time to do what you want to do. Right, right. Mm. Mm. That doesn't sound like fun. No, no that sounds like a I, difficult month. I, I, think, <laughs> I think June has the potential to be a difficult month. Mm. On the other hand, at this point, we can definitively say that that Saturn is in Pisces at least at least for a little while, and uh, three years, and result, I think. <laughs> I think that we get a little bit of a retrograde back. Do we mm -hmm. later in the month, later mm. in the year? No, it. Mm. No, it's it ends the year at one degree of Pisces, but it doesn't. But not this year. It doesn't. It doesn't go. Oh, this year we are. It looks like we're not going in, except maybe a little bit in November. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we've, we're out of the, the Saturn era with Saturn in Pisces, with Saturn in Aquarius. So mm -hmm. this might be the beginning of the end of COVID, but don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> write it down, write it down. <laughs> Saturn does rule that first decan of pisces though it does and it's yeah it's called the mark of exile and it's about outsider voices and and this is particularly outsider experts mm -hmm. hmm. so what outsider experts are you listening to and and who are you paying attention to that is sort of a non-mainstream voice that becomes an important question this month hmm. all right i guess that's kind of us <laughs> i don't know okay well okay let's what do we got Susie? this is june yeah june yep, yep. we've got june. look it's the king of pentacles oh no wow. another king another king yeah we had king of wands for the for may and now we have king of pentacles so 
I the King of Pentacles is a much more uh stable fellow than the King of Wands. Uh and I think, you know, this this kind of harkens back to the theme in March when we were talking about the Ace of Pentacles uh and the and you know, commodity markets and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised um if we had some kind of major news about material expenditures and Mm -hmm. someone who is associated with material expenditures, it could literally just be the chairman of the fed, you know, just being, (laughs) being very visible. Um, but it could also be, um, someone else who is involved in high finance in some way. And again, it could also be the uh, the leader, a uh, head of state of some kind. Um, you know, when I think about King of Wands versus King of Pentacles, I think of the King of Pentacles as being much more part of the establishment. So, mm-hmm. you know, we would be talking about a more settled regime, one where, you know, where, where there's an expectation of stability and... Um, uh, sedate turnover. So that's what I would expect to see in the news. Somebody who is a stable figure you expected not to go anywhere being mm-hmm. suddenly in the headlines for whatever reason. And in a, in, and it, you know, I think also we haven't really talked about inflation that much uh, in the mm-hmm. last, you know, talking about these last six months. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of leadership from the top regarding inflation uh, during, okay, okay. during June. I think it's worth noting that the lot of fortune is in the first decan of Libra. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of coins, I think of what is the lot of fortune doing? Mm. And it's in the mm. eighth house. It's in the eighth house. So it's about responsibility. And it's in the Deccan, which is called the blindfold and the sword. So justice mm-hmm. and fairness. Mm. Okay. Okay. One of the ways that that might manifest is that a bunch of cryptocurrency dudes, I'm thinking specifically of this guy, <laughs> Sam Blankman Freed, yeah. SBF to his friends, mm-hmm. might, might wind up in jail mm. uh, sometime oh. around. That okay. would be a really that that would be a very appropriate sh- way for the King of Pentacles to show up. Yeah, yeah I could see right. that uh, certainly with the King of Pentacles kind of representing, um, you know, kind of control and establishment over the realm of Pentacles or the realm of like wealth and how wealth moves. That would make sense to me. Exactly, and that just somebody associated with that being in the news. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's um, take a moment to kind of like wrap up the first six months. Uh, so what have we seen so far? We've seen Susie trying to kill us with a, with a, with a <laughs> bunch of bad cards right out of the gate. <laughs> uh, emphasis so, on that big yeah. old death card. <laughs> yes. Right. In, in February. And a lot of court cards too. There have been a lot of court cards. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, Andrew's but been. But I do. I oh. do think that. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you what go. were you going to say? You're the you're the expert. You talk. No, I was looking forward to your summary of what oh. I had already said. <laughs> uh, you know, it's tough to make a summary super. You know, I, I've been taking a lot of notes this time, which I don't think I did very much last year. But it seems like there's there's been a lot of stuff that seems to be repeating 
um, themes that we've seen in over the last mm-hmm. year, but it's kind of interesting to see that we have uh, uh, more, I feel like there's more stuff in our forecasts this year having to do with market movement. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, because we've got labor. pentacles this year and <laughs> we, we yeah, never yeah, had but pentacles I mean, before. <laughs> but we've been having mentions of, of labor, both um, sort yeah. of like uh, 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 women in uh, having more things to say, um, some stuff about uh, women making more important decisions, some stuff about striking, some stuff about like that's been kind of intro- interesting to see. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it it sounds like it it does sound like it's going to be an interesting year, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be as universally terrifying as some of the more recent years. Right, right, which is pretty good. It, it is good. It's also Are elementally we- a lot more balanced from a tarot perspective. Mm-hmm. We've had a, there is something, that. yeah, something from every element. The the other thing is that we seem to be nearing the end of plague time. It's not to say <laughs> mm-hmm. that COVID isn't still a problem, but we're nearing the end of plague time, or at least we're we're experiencing a transition in how we handle it. Right. I think that's fair. When you look at how plague has been handled in numerous cultures and societies in the past several thousand years, you in general see six different strategies. The first strategy is grin and bear it. You don't do anything, but you just sort of go about your daily routines. The second is you take some level of reasonable precautions. Mm -hmm. The second, the, the third is that you find some experts in the field and you listen to them and you follow their advice. The fourth is that you flee to the country and you avoid hanging out with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of the mask of the Red Death effort from the (laughs) Edgar Allan Poe story, which didn't really work out all that well. Yeah, on the the other uh, hand, Isaac Newton did the same thing and he invented like all of the laws of thermodynamics. So (laughs) That was was gravity, Susie. (laughs) It it works out one way or the other. (laughs) It works out one way or another. The fifth methodology is that you find some whack job and you listen to the whack job. (laughs) And the sixth strategy is that you rebel against or protest government action and and sort of set a new normal. Mm -hmm. While a pandemic or a plague is going on, strategy number six, rebel against the government, never works. It just Mm. historically Governments clamp down on that kind of opposition hardcore. They're not prepared to deal with a plague and with rebellion at the same time. But the time immediately after the plague is is ripe for worker strikes, for renegotiations of feudal contracts, for renegotiations of the balance of power. Mm -hmm. And some of those take place very publicly, and some of them take place behind the scenes, but they do take place. Mm -hmm. The other five strategies, part of every single one of those groups dies. So Mm -hmm. all the other groups have very clear evidence that their strategy was better than the other strategies that led to all those people dying. Right. But enough of each group survive that they feel like they've got a handle on how to survive the next plague, right? 
So all five strategies wind up carrying forward to the future quite mm-hmm. easily. <laughs> and I think that that's what we're seeing is mm. we're seeing railroad workers, we're seeing Starbucks, we're seeing Walmart and other organizations saying it is time for a renegotiation of worker owner balance of power and share of profits because the pandemic is is leading to all sorts of challenges for working class people and the time has come for those kinds of contracts to be renegotiated and it can't be put off any longer. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that's one of the big mm. things that we'll see in 2023 and 2024. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh it's time for us to take our mid-year break, which um for us will just be about 10 minutes, but for uh the rest of you fine listeners out there will be um uh, probably a couple of days depending on how quickly I do editing. Um so uh <laughs> So, you know, once again, my my guests are T. Susan Chang and Andrew B. Watt, uh, who can both actually be found at websites that are just their names, like tsusanchang.com, andrewbwatt.com. Um, and they're both available for, for readings. If you want to contact them and get tarot readings and astrological readings, they're both available. Um, and And then, I guess, aside from that... Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow or the next day and you will find part two of our 2023 forecasts, which covers the blissfully, uh, (laughs) the, the happy months of July through December. (laughs) Very good. We'll be pleased to be back with you. All right. It's the end of the episode. I'm going to give you now the full details of the special offers that the three of us are offering. First, uh, T. Susan Chang is offering 23% off on her one-on-one tarot mentorship sessions. What's a mentorship session? It's your own private tarot lesson with a veteran practitioner. If you're confused about how to interpret a reading you did for yourself, or you have questions about your technique or correspondences or metaphysics, this is your chance to ask Susie anything as long as it's about tarot. So you can use the code 23andU for a 23% off discount on that service until January 23rd, 2023. There is a link to book that appointment in the show notes. Andrew B. Watt is offering 23% off all of his divination services with the code 23andU. He offers astrology, geomancy, and tarot readings. Uh, his discount code is, co- is good through December 31st, 2023. And again, there is a link in the show notes. Finally, I'm offering a new online class called Names and Signs from Election to Talisman. This class is going to cover that period of steps or the steps between finding your election and crafting your astrological talisman. We're going to talk about techniques for calculating spirit names using Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa's Three Books of Occult Philosophy, as well as sigil generation techniques using the probably spurious fourth book of occult philosophy. Uh, This online class will be on January 22nd, 2023. You can use the 23andU code to get 23% off the fee for the class. And there is a link in the show notes. So reserve your place now. Now, as you heard in this episode, 
I am doing all of my recording and editing right now in the basement of a log cabin on the Deschutes River. Because of travel restrictions or travel requirements and uh, restrictions on my time, the second episode, the second half of the forecast, won't be available until the end of the first week of January. Uh, So it's not going to be just a couple days. It's probably going to be four or five days. Uh, My apologies, but sometimes there's nothing you can do. I hope you will stick around and enjoy it. And um, the second half of the forecast is really fun. And I think that there is a lot of great stuff or challenging stuff in the second half of the year. You'll have to wait and find out. This has been another episode of the Arnomancy Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have been your host, Reverend Eric. You can find Arnomancy online at arnomancy.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the Arnomancy Project for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnomancy. 